Howdy! This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, it is still Tuesday. If you're listening late Tuesday night, it's Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. And I wish you a very, very, very happy Snowplow Mailbox Hockey Day. Enjoy what's left of it. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. And what I typically do to kick off a show is I tell you what I plan to talk about. Today, I'm not doing that. I'm going to share right up front what I'm not going to talk about just to set the tone today. So here's what I'm not going to talk about. On this episode where Ohio State has just been splattered by Nebraska, I am getting pelted with DMs and tweets saying, can't wait to see what you're going to say about this game. So apparently there's there's still high demand from the for the views from the shot podcast. Here's what I will not be talking about. I'm not going to be talking about Chris Holman. There's simply no point at this time in the season in talking about Chris Holman. There's been no indication. I get we've got a new athletics director. doesn't matter. There's been no indication that Chris Holtman is going to be leaving this team anytime in the short term. So because of that, there's no point in going on and on and on about if Chris Holtman should be fired. I'm not going to talk about timelines. I'm not going to talk about head coaching candidates or wish lists. I'm also not going to be talking about the the clear, clear inability to close out halves. I'm tired of talking about it. I tweeted about it tonight or X'd about it tonight. That sounds inappropriate, so moving on. And it's been treading just as much as the Chris Holtman January takes, which he's what now, two or three games under 500, but the 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 box score watchers don't want you to know the actual number there. And I'm not going to talk about wanting him fired one way or another. I'm not going to talk about the state of the program. I'm not going to go reminisce in 2006, 2007, 2008 to about 2012. I'm not going to do it because it's useless. We are in 2024. This Ohio State basketball program is not anywhere close to where it should be. But there's no point in continuing to lament a point like that. We might as well be beating a dead horse. So... With that in mind, please follow wherever you get your podcast because at some point, Ohio State basketball is going to be good again. It may very well be this season. You never know. And if that does happen, you're going to want to follow along for the ride. And make sure you're subscribing on YouTube. Make sure you're following wherever you are on social media, Twitter, Instagram. It doesn't matter. We're there and we'll continue to push out content even as Ohio State continues to lose Big Ten home games. So here's what we've got to do today. So Ohio State loses to Nebraska. They, well, they promptly get the 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 rug just pulled out from under them after having a nice cushion about halfway through the first half. We've got to talk through this game. We're going to recap the game with some thoughts, and then we're going to give some takeaways. And yes, we're going to talk about Bowen Hardman, who, I don't know, half the fan base didn't even know was on the team until tonight. We're going to talk about this offense. We're going to talk about Ohio State's inability 
to guard rink mass today as well among many other things so if you're here on tuesday night i thank you for being one of the first listeners to this episode if you're if you're waking up on wednesday and saying man this sucks but at least i had a night to sleep on it we welcome you too. tell a friend about the show the only reason why we're here is for you and the more yous that there are the happier we can all be I also believe you is a name for a type of Ram. Let's recap this game, shall we? Because I've got a time, I've got a deadline to meet here after tweeting that this would be out by 10.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, Ohio State begins this game, and I took this note just to see what may happen here, okay? We know Ohio State lost, so I'm not giving any spoilers, but... The first shot of the game made by Ohio State comes from Roddy Gale. Makes the first shot of the game. And at that point, I immediately question, how is that going to affect him moving forward in this game? He's been ice cold since, I don't know, the beginning of 2024, basically. What is just seeing a shot go in and being the first player on Ohio State to make a shot in a game, what does that do for him mentally? Well, let me answer that. He would miss his next three shots. One of those three shots, he forced up a three. After missing that three that he forced, he had a triple hit on him on the next possession. And he finishes the game shooting three of nine, 0 of two from deep. And at this point, you have to assume poor play from Roddy Gale is just wearing on him mentally. This is a guy who I've seen, who I've heard, really buys into Ohio State, really buys into Chris Holtman, really wants to work hard, get better, and produce for this Ohio State Buckeye program. But at this point, he's not. He had an incredible start to this season. And there's no such thing as a freshman wall when you're a sophomore. That's not possible, technically. It it just simply can't happen. But if there's a sophomore wall to be hit, it's been hit by Roddy Gale. We'll talk more about Roddy Gale later on but Gale makes that shot and you're like man maybe maybe he can give Ohio State a spark and get back into it and finishes this game with six points now Ohio State as a whole did start out this game it was a smashing start shall we say four or five from the field to start this game Nebraska was content to leave the lane wide open Zed Key Felix Akpara able to seal multiple times on the weak side that would lead to easy buckets or fouls and Thanks to simply hotter shooting than Nebraska, the Buckeyes just get off to a better start. Bruce Thornton hits a triple to go up 18 to 13. Jamison Battle cleans up his own mess, pushes the lead to 20 to 13 with 12 minutes left. Can you believe that that this is the same game where Ohio State was up 20 to 13, forcing Nebraska to call timeout at home, 12 minutes left in the first half. That was the same game as the conclusion of this game so Nebraska calls that timeout they then miss a triple that's huge get a stop out of a timeout Zed Key on the other end would miss a dunk that really would have swung the game open I think to start a dunk it just it gives you more juice than I don't know a shot made from the elbow that's just how it works but Key misses that one and then before we're even halfway through the first half Ohio State is up to 22 points. They did a really solid job stringing together some stops, but 
if you can really begin to suffocate Nebraska defensively, you can put a stranglehold on this game. We knew what Nebraska was coming into this game. And the the broadcast, which sucked, by the way, I don't know if it was if it was just me. I I have never had any issues streaming anything before. I am a user of YouTube TV. I am a user of Netflix. I am a user of Peacock, Amazon Prime. We we live well in, in this household with with the streaming services, half of which we don't pay for, but we we will be silent on that for now. Um what was going on? I, like every 30 60 seconds, probably not that often, every 3 minutes there's some kind of buffer, it's freezing up. I can hear the audio, but I can't see what's going on in the game. That was extremely frustrating for me, but not as frustrating as how the game went for the Ohio State University Buckeyes. So you have that. So Ohio State is shooting 57% from the field with 11 minutes and 38 seconds remaining in the first half. Nebraska is shooting 38.5% from the field. 39%, that's not bad. When it's Nebraska, you're really, really happy with that. You're also leading on the glass. You've got a 9-5 to rebounding advantage. All those numbers are great, and that's exactly how Ohio State has won games this year. They've been the better shooting team. They've they've simply put the pedal to the metal on the gas. What? Shh, just move on. They sprinted past teams offensively, and they've out-rebounded teams. That's how they've won games, and that's how you can beat Nebraska because Nebraska has been a very, very good offensive team this season. Can you keep that up? Answer, no. Ohio State unable to hold on to the momentum. They suffer an 8-0 run while Nebraska made 3 of 12 field goals. It's an 8-0 run while Nebraska makes 3 of 12 field goals. You have got to produce. You have got to rebound, push the ball down the floor, and go get a bucket. And this, again, is all without Bruce Thornton. He had 7 points before getting subbed out. And Nebraska, give them credit. They took advantage of Ohio State's best player, most consistent player, most productive player being out. Roddy Gale, he nets a deep two to stop the run. You need the awareness to make that a three. That's a one-point difference. Had this game been, I don't know, 83-79 to with a minute left instead of 83-69, to maybe that one-point Swings the game for Ohio State. Got to have the awareness there. It's just a two. Not something anyone is going to notice. It's not a big deal based on the ending of this game. But I don't know. If you're if you're taking on Northwestern on Saturday and you're playing in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, would be nice to have that shot. Just saying. So you credit Nebraska taking advantage of Bruce Thornton not being on the floor as he destroyed them early with seven points. And then with six and a half minutes left, the Buckeyes lead is now down to 24 to 23 and this is where nebraska begins to take over and if i can pinpoint where ohio state lost the game it's right about here nebraska would make three triples on three straight possessions the thing you cannot allow nebraska to do is make threes ohio state failed to stop them there the buckeyes would continue to score on their end but the nebraska crowd gets into it and seeing the ball go through the rim through the rim go through the net the ball doesn't actually technically go through the rim or the net. It just goes through the opening of the rim. But Nebraska, of course, seeing the ball go through the opening of the the rim after being 
maybe not ice cold, but frigid to start the game, that's going to give you a jolt. Your home crowd getting you back into it as well, that's going to give you a jolt. And now all of a sudden, Nebraska is up by two at the under four timeout. Speak of three-pointers, which Nebraska had been hitting. Jamison Battle off the floor for a curious amount of time in the first half. He would go three of four from deep in this game, give Ohio State 11 points, finish with 28 minutes. That's pretty pretty on par with his normal usage and playing time. Would have liked to see him get a little bit more playing time in the first half. Had two fouls in the game. I get it, but would have been nice to see. And then we go to closing out the half. This has been a constant point of attention. So of course we have to mention it. But as I said at the start of the show, I'm not I, I'm just I'm not gonna sit here and dwell on it because it's just it is what it is with, with Ohio State basketball at this point. Kasei Tominaga, he sits for the final three and a half minutes of the first half, four minutes, and Ohio State has got to take advantage. However, Dale Bonner throws up a three, get a foul on the play, he gets three free throws at the line. And I'll just say it. This is a a family-friendly show. I'm not going to require you to get out your earmuffs. Far be it from me to ever do that when you simply want to be entertained by someone talking about Ohio State basketball. So I won't go there, but Bonner goes 0-3 from the free throw line. And if you watch the broadcast, you may have heard Dale Bonner's last name being chanted by the Nebraska student section or maybe the entire arena. Who knows? Uh, However, there was mm, one letter... That was just, I don't know, subtracted from his last name. I'll let you connect the dots there. That would be, that's good for Nebraska. That's great if the first time I've heard it all year. But that would make it difficult to make a free throw, I assume. But also, I I would assume he's heard it before since, like, I don't know, the first time. It was maybe in fifth or sixth grade. So, big deal. Can't go over three from from the free throw line. You got three free throws. You got to make freaking one. Preferably two. Actually, no, preferably three. Mm, it would be nice to have two. 0 for 3? That is not going to be good enough to beat Nebraska. That allows them to continue to stay hot. Mass hits yet another triple on the other end. It's 37 to 32. And this right here, this is what I pinpoint as the point where Ohio State lost this game. You've got three free throws. You miss them all. On the other end, Nebraska goes out and they hit a three. Now they're up by five. They've taken the momentum. They've got all the energy, all the life in the arena. And Ohio State is essentially lifeless at this point. Were they able to take advantage of Kasei Tominaga not being in? No. They lose the final three and a half minutes, 11 to three. Nebraska closes the half on a 16 to five run. They lead at halftime, 43 to 35. Yet again, we see Ohio State unable to make a stop at the end of a half where they play defense well for 10, 12 seconds, and then two seconds is left on the clock. It's an offensive rebound. It's a layup here, and the Buckeyes are down by a possession. Happened against Michigan. It's happened several times this season. At the half, it might have happened against Indiana as well. I don't care enough to go look it up. Bruce Thornton would only make one more shot in his second time on the floor after starting the game with seven. Roddy Gale continues to provide nothing, and do we remember how Ohio State had the lead in the first 10 minutes of the game? It was through shooting, And it was through being better on the glass. To close the half, remember Ohio State had huge advantages. To close the half, after 20 minutes, Nebraska, 7 of 17 from the three-point line. They were plus 1 on the glass after being minus 4. That's a big swing. 
That's a plus five swing. Nebraska plus two in the turnover battle as well. Ohio State was supposed to win this game by shooting, by rebounding. They failed to do it to close out the first half, and they lost a lead because of it. Second half comes around. We get a bit of an encouraging start. So Nebraska gets a bucket right out the gate. That's fine. But the Buckeyes go on an 8-3 run. Felix Akpara, however, he would pick up his third foul. Evan Mahaffey takes the ball up the floor, dribbles it off Scotty Middleton's foot. Someone's foot was involved. I'm not sure whose. I just know it wasn't mine. And again, I wonder to myself, why is Evan Mahaffey dribbling the ball up the floor? I get that you got to get the ball up, but a guard has got to go back and get the ball from Evan Mahaffey. I've not seen him successfully dribble the ball, have the ball in his hands, three, four dribbles or more, I've not seen any success with that this season with Ohio State. And sometimes that just means the ball is sticking. It's it's just sticking with Evan Mahaffey. Someone's got to go get it. But regardless, he's not a guy I want to see dribbling ball up the floor. They, they try to go with a little dribble handoff exchange. Ball goes out of bounds. Roddy Gale, Zed Key also would miss shots they need to make in the paint. And then Ohio State at that point, they look like they're playing essentially street basketball. Lack of clean motion or really any kind of motion, even if the motion isn't clean or crisp. It's just mm, slightly filthy or needs a needs a bath, needs a rinsing. It, there was just no motion. There was nothing going, away, go, going on. You see Ohio State move away from attacking the paint where they had been really, really good. That's where they lit up Nebraska in the first half. And it doesn't mean that they scored from the paint constantly. They hit a couple threes to to start out the game. But simply getting paint touches forced Nebraska to have to rotate and move around defensively and crash in. And when you do that, that leaves space for threes. And Ohio State had a lot of opportunities today where they had the chance to Swing the ball, reverse the ball, skip the ball. Just one more pass and you've got an open look. We didn't see much of that during this stretch of the game. Scotty Middleton shooting a lot, in my opinion, for a guy coming off suspension and hasn't made a shot in the entire game. He forced up some shots. Zed Key, he's hucking up a three. Not exactly late in the shot clock either. If there's five seconds on the shot clock and he's got some space, I get it. But Zed Key this season... Let's see if I can pull this up quickly. How is he shooting from the three-point line? Are you going to tell me? Or are you not going to tell me? Uh, I, I'm not even going to look at it. Is, it. is there any point? I mean, look up the, the numbers. It's not like he's shooting 50% from the three-point line. There, there's no point in even looking for the number. We know he's not the shooter. He's not Jamison Battle. So why are we throwing up a three with 15 seconds left on the shot clock when you can continue some motion? Well, Ohio State, you can't continue what you haven't started. Moving on. It's 57 to 47. Ohio State takes a timeout with 12 minutes left. Out of the timeout, Buckeyes get sped up. They fall into a little zone defense, get trapped, pass the ball, pass, 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 and they end up turning it over. And from that point forward, Ohio State is effectively out of this game. Yes, Bowen Hardman gets in, gives Ohio State a spark. Buckeyes would get the lead down to like, I don't know, 14, 12 points at one point because Hardman is just firing away. But for all intents and purposes, this game was basically over 10 minutes into the, the second half. Nebraska keeps their lead. Rink Mass continues to go nuts. He would go out there and score 34 points for Nebraska. He'd have a double-double, 
Fans love him getting a double-double. If I were a Nebraska fan, I'd be going nuts, too. He goes 13 of 17 from the field, 6 of 8 from the three-point line, doesn't miss a free throw, picks up two blocks, only has one foul. Tominaga, 14 minutes. That's it. It took Nebraska playing Casey Tominaga for 14 minutes to beat Ohio State. He had five points. 14 minutes for the best player Nebraska has seen since, I don't know. I, I'm i not even going to rack my brain for that. But you can't have a guy play 14 minutes and just lose. You can't have that. Um, Bryce Williams, fine in this one. 14 points, seven rebounds. They get some production off the bench as well. But Ohio State, they didn't get anything. Bruce Thornton, 16 points. Outside of that, Battle has 11. Roddy Gale stuck again with 6 points. Mahaffey scores 8. Felix Akpara, 6 points. Only 2 blocks in this one. Devin Royal provides 2. But when Harbin off the bench went nuts, of course, we love that. But Ohio State got no support. So what kind of takeaways do we have from this game? Well, let's get to that. But first... Let's talk about college basketball analytics, the exclusive sponsor of today's show. CBBanalytics.com is where you can go right now. They may have the most up-to-date, analytically sound stats already up for the Ohio State-Nebraska game. So if you really want to dig into the numbers and figure out how Ohio State lost this game, you could do that. Film is incomplete without stats, and stats, well, that's incomplete without film. You can mesh the two by watching the game and using College Basketball Analytics, the best database for college basketball stats. Nearly, I won't say every, but many, many, many Division I, II, three men's and women's college basketball programs are using College Basketball Analytics to get prepped for their games and self-scout. You can have access to those exact same stats. Go to cbbanalytics.com. That's cbbanalytics.com. Use the code SHOT, S-C-H-O-T-T, short for Schottenstein Center to get an entire month free. All right, let's get on to takeaways for this one. So I guess I, I don't know how to prioritize these, but let's just get into it. Let's just begin, shall we? So number one, I, I, I'm kind of tired of this at this point, and I, I'm tired in general, as are you, as an Ohio State basketball fan, but how, how many games do we have to go? How many more games do we have to go before we say Ohio State can be back in it or we can believe in this team? At this point, one game isn't going to change anything. Ohio State could go to Northwestern this weekend and win. That doesn't change anything about the trajectory that this program is in. And I've tried to be as optimistic as possible. I've tried to be as positive as possible. I am still 100% willing to to give Chris Holtman and this team a chance to turn around this season because there's still a lot of basketball left to be played. And like I said a couple episodes ago, a couple weeks ago, I said, you better be 100% sure that this team cannot turn it around. And I've seen some people even saying now that if Ohio State turns it around, or regardless of whether or not Ohio State turns it around, Chris Holtman should not be back. This program needs major shakeups. You better be 100% sure, but I would pretty much guarantee that if Ohio State is able to go, I don't know, win three out of four over their next stretch of games, that includes games against Illinois, Northwestern, whoever the heck else they have on this schedule in these next couple of games, heading into the most brutal stretch of the season, 
I, I know for a fact that the Fire Holtman chants are going to quiet down if this team makes it to the Sweet 16 by some miracle. So you're going to have to pump the brakes on that a little bit. But we've got to we've got to get out of this mindset of, well, if Ohio State takes this one, then they're back in the race in, in the Big Ten. Or, hey, if Ohio State can knock off Northwestern, we can start to believe that this team can be good. There are way too many holes on this team right now for us to really have any belief. So I'm not saying that it's impossible, but what I am saying is that at this point in the season, what we have seen from this cast of characters now for a year and a half of basketball, they're too far away. There's way too much talent on this roster. I believe with Bruce Thornton and Jamison Battle, Roddy Gale, Zed Key, Felix Akpara, Evan Mahaffey, there's too much talent, but this team hasn't been able to put it together. And it hasn't been able to put it together for a year and a half. So let's let, let's cool it with with that viewpoint. Let's talk about Rink Mask for, for just a second. Rink Mask, okay? He's on fire. He scores 34 in this one. How? How? How in the world did we see multiple instances of Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale... Jamison Battle and other guards and forwards continuing to get matched on him. He's what? 6'10", 7 foot, somewhere around there. Let me find his height real quick. I know I can find that quickly. He's 6'10". He's 250. And you want Roddy Gale, who stands at 6'4", 210, closing out on a over 7 footer when the ball is in the air. I'm sorry. I don't want that. Hmm, I wonder if a 6'4 guard stretching to the sky can close out and affect his shot when he's already on fire. How in the world are we seeing guards on rink mask? And you can say, and I'll get it, well, mask is 6'10 and, and he can fire away from deep and I don't want Felix Akpara or Zed Key or Evan Mahaffey being trotted out to the three-point line because you lose their their rebounding ability and they could get cooked. I'm sorry. I, I I will not I will not accept the argument that Mast can beat Felix Akpara on the perimeter and just drive to the hoop. That's not gonna happen. Evan Mahaffey should be out there on him, most likely. He's your best defender. He's long. Not only does he have good length, he has good mass as a defender as well. Bring him out there. There's no reason why, as this game continues to go on, and Mask gets hotter and hotter and hotter, that we've got guards matched up on him. Disgusting to watch. Um, this offense isn't good enough. Let's just make it that simple. Chris Holtman coached teams typically pretty good offensively. At this point, they're not this season. It's just a fact. We're waiting on Roddy Gale to get hot again. Jameson Battle, he he's an impact player, but he's streaky. And it seems like he shows up and then he's gone for the next 15 minutes. And then he hits a shot, he hits another shot, then he's gone. They refuse, even when they have something in the post, they refuse to go back to the paint when they have success. You're getting nothing from Dale Bonner. Scotty Middleton's flashes are gone. Devin Royal looks okay. He's just not getting any minutes. When Zed Key has someone sealed and he is yearning to have the ball in his hand so that he can go to work, players are not looking at him. This offense is stagnant, and it's sticky, 
and it's not able to handle extended pressure, it's not able to run fluid motions continually throughout a game, and when that's the case, this team is not good enough to simply lean on Bruce Thornton to score 17 points a night, or 16 points a night, or 19, and then 22. You need more, especially when Bruce Thornton is not on the floor. We saw what happened in the first half tonight. When Bruce Thornton was gone, the game was essentially over. Nebraska took over, and there was no coming back from that. Ohio State has no support outside of Bruce Thornton right now. They need more consistency from Jamison Battle. They need to get him more looks. When he had the ball in his hands tonight, Nebraska was sprinting to take care of Battle. And I think in part because they know if Bruce Thornton isn't on the floor and Jamison Battle has a ball in his hands, we're going to be fine letting Roddy Gale potentially throw the ball off someone's shin, throw the ball three rows into the stands, maybe clank a three, maybe drive and make a layup. But we're going to take our risk there. Evan Mahaffey, yeah, he can make a layup. He can't make anything else. Felix Akpara sometimes makes layups, doesn't make anything else. Dale Bonner couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. You don't have anything outside of Bruce Thornton. And that's been a major disappointment this, this season offensively for Ohio State. Did you know, this is a fun fact for you, Ohio State was only outscored by Nebraska by six in the second half. Six points. That's all it was. This game felt like a blowout in the second half. It seemed like every time you look up, Nebraska's making a three. They're getting a shot. Of course, the camera's zooming out a little bit. They've got to show the fans going nuts in the stands because they haven't had anything this exciting since like 1999 when the football team was good. But man, this team lost by six to close out the second half. Bowen Hardman, I get it. He scored 11 points. He kind of tried to dig the Buckeyes out of a canyon to no avail. But the second half wasn't technically as bad as at least I thought. So there's that. Question for you. Where in the world is Devin Royal? Next chance I get to talk to someone with this team, I am 100% going to ask that question. I've been on Devin Royal this season. He immediately, in this game, he grabbed an offensive rebound when he entered the game. Sure, he turns the ball over. I don't really give a crap about that. Every time he gets in the game, he seemingly always is coming up with a rebound. He's making a bucket. He's playing tough. He's playing strong. Yeah, he got back down. He had some bad minutes in this one. But if you check the box score, you'll see that he played two minutes. Why? Simply why? Devin Royal has been really, really solid this year. I get that you've got... Evan Mahaffey, Zed Key, Felix Akpara, I guess maybe Jamison Battle, Scotty Middleton, whatever. You can't tell me Devin Royal doesn't deserve more minutes over a guy like Scotty Middleton. Just saying. Let's talk about Bowen Hardman, okay? We've got two more takeaways here. Let's talk about Bowen Hardman because we need to. Um, yes, he played in this game. Chris Holtman needed a spark. As simple as that. That's why he played in this game. Sure, he played over Taysen Chapman. Taysen Chapman is averaging 0.0 points per game this season. He can be good. He can be a great player for Ohio State. It's not going to happen this season. He's been dealing with the knee injury. He didn't have as much time as his other freshman classmates to get acclimated to college basketball. He got thrown to the fire against Indiana. He's played some minutes here and there. He hasn't been aggressive at all with the ball in his hands. And when you need a spark and you need someone to score, you need someone who actually looks to, to make a shot. I'm not saying Chapman's bad. I'm not saying Chapman should never play or anything like that. But 
for what Chris Holtman was looking for, yeah, Hardman's the guy. It also sends some shockwaves through this team. When you see a guy like Bowen Hardman in there playing, it's going to send some shockwaves to the team and maybe give the team a wake-up call. Holtman was absolutely giving it to his team in this one. There were multiple timeouts, multiple times where he was just yelling, screaming, begging for his team to do something. So it makes sense that he played. Yeah, he also scored 11 points in this one. Bowen Hardman, 11 points, zero assists. Very, very selfish from Bowen Hardman. Four of eight from the field, three of seven from three. He was awesome. He's never been seen on a scouting report, and he fired away. He was bound to score something, anything, when he's given space. Great shooter, for sure. Did he give Ohio State a spark? Yes. But no, he shouldn't be getting regular minutes moving forward. And if you're saying that, just, again, right on your forehead, I'm a casual. Or on your chest, or get it tattooed on both of your forearms. Placement doesn't matter as long as it's readily, readily available to be seen by, by someone who, who meets you in person. Just say, I don't, I don't know ball. Here's what we need to understand when it comes to rotation, for example. You don't know more about a player who gets seven minutes in garbage time against Nebraska on a random January night. You don't now know more about that player than the coaching staff who is with the team and with players for, I don't know, a hundred times more minutes every season. Bowen Hardman probably should not be playing over Taysen Chapman moving forward or Dale Bonner. Maybe he will. At this point, you might as well experiment with anything. I'm sure the question will be asked or has been asked to Chris Holtman or will be asked to Chris Holtman, hey, is is Hardman going to get more minutes moving forward? And Holtman's going to have to say, well, you know, we'll see what happens. We needed a spark out of him tonight, and he gave us what we needed. He certainly doesn't deserve less minutes. Something like that is probably what he will say. But this guy was on the bottom of the scouting report. You know when he came in, he's going to fire away. He got some space. And he made some shots tonight. Do not go buy a bunch of Bowen Hardman stock, please. And do not be the casual who says he should be playing over Dale Bonner. Because Bonner hasn't been great, obviously. But let's not go there, okay? Last point here. This team, this Ohio State University basketball team, returned nearly everyone. No more Sean McNeil, no more Justice Suing, no more Bryce Sensabaugh. Pretty much everyone from last year's team returns. You get a great freshman class that is now transitioned into sophomores. You get a great freshman class currently, and you're getting some minutes from Scotty Middleton and Devin Royal. Not getting anything from Austin Parks or for, from Taysen Chapman. You got a solid pickup in the transfer portal in Jamison Battle. Evan Mahaffey, a transfer starting this season. Dale Bonner starting this season and getting six-man quality minutes for Ohio State. This quality of basketball, this performance, is not acceptable. And it's okay to say that, but I think at this point, it just it needs to be said on this podcast because I'm not sure that I've actually said it yet. It's unacceptable what Ohio State has put forth so far this season. They have some games to be able to make up for it. They've got Nebraska next. They've got Illinois coming up, which will be a very, very difficult game. A week from today. I believe that game is at, in in Columbus, I should say. Yeah, it is in Columbus. Then you've got a couple of very winnable games against Iowa, Maryland, 
and and Indiana. And then after that, you've got Wisconsin, you've got Purdue. But this stretch here from Northwestern to Purdue, which is going to be three weeks long, is going to be very, very tough for them. Then you get Minnesota, who's not been horrible this year somehow. You get Michigan State, who's playing really well. Then you get Nebraska and Michigan again again. There's not a team in this schedule in the Big Ten that you should have the utmost confidence that Ohio State can be. So with that said, the production, the performance has been unacceptable. It's going to come down to can you beat Northwestern and can you pick up a couple of random wins before you head into mid-February and the end of the season. But so far this year, it's not been acceptable. Doesn't mean it can't be changed. Doesn't mean Chris Holtman and this team can't turn it around. But again, haven't really said it on the show yet. Might as well at this point. So those are my takeaways and those are my thoughts on this one. It's not good for Ohio State. This program should not be going over a calendar year without a win on the road in the Big Ten. It should not be ninth in the Big Ten in late January. It should not be 13-6 and six after starting the year, what, 12-2? and two? Blowing an 18-point lead at Penn State. You beat UCLA, you beat West Virginia, you beat Rutgers at home. And then you can't pick up a win on the road. You can't. It's disappointing to see, but we're going to continue to cover this team. We're going to continue to give you hopefully the most balanced measure takes that you can find out there. And maybe you'll enjoy a show or two along the way. Appreciate you listening today. We will be back to preview Ohio State's matchup with Northwestern that comes up on Saturday at 8.30 p.m. It's going to be a late tip-off for the Buckeyes. Until then, tell a friend about the show if you don't mind. We appreciate the love. I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.